right, everybody. Welcome back to Stories from a Mountain Town. This is your host, Tyler. Um, coming to you, as always, from Wilson, Wyoming. And today with me, I have my Taylor and I's landlady, neighbor, and new friend, Kate Binger. Kate, welcome to the podcast. Thanks so much for having me. Yeah, awesome. Um, so Kate is, like I said, our landlady um, and lives right next door to us. She made the trek all 100 feet to our to to our door to get in it was it was daunting yeah and oh and we have her dog vita here uh, say hi vita yeah. <laughs> awesome yeah vita is what kind of dog is she i like to call her a mexican street dog mexican street dog yeah she's a hybrid of probably oh i don't know 90 different dogs mm -hmm. but when i did the dna test it came back um, Australian Coolie, which I had never heard of, mm -hmm. but that's where they get that. She gets the outturned paws. Oh, yeah. Um, a Brittany Springer Spaniel, which you can see uh, from her markings. Yeah. And of course, a long haired Chihuahua. Uh huh. But yeah. Uh, yeah. I call her the Mexican street dog. Yes. She definitely is that. And we'll get into that story eventually. But um, tell the nice people. Um, I guess what you do here for work, what uh, what do you do here for fun? Okay. Um, I'm an interior designer. Mm -hmm. I own Dwelling. We're a very small firm. Um, we do soup to nuts, new construction, remodels, uh, and then what I like to um, term as all the fluff work, which is artwork, soft furnishings, lighting, um, anything that is just a little bit of an easier change out than opening up walls and planning plumbing and, and uh, rough in of anything. So yeah, so it's just, uh, I mean, it's actually me, my assistant Lane, and then we have a handyman who works for us uh, almost like half the week, mm -hmm. a lot of the time. Yeah. And I've had some interns here and there. And I, at one point I had three employees, but I decided that I just like keeping it smaller. That way I can focus more on the design work and mm -hmm. less on the management of people. Yeah. Yeah. That's the thing that people, a lot of people forget when they get into management or, you know, running a company is um, you don't actually do the thing that got you there. You just manage people doing the thing that got you there. Correct. And so I've been here 14 years and Dwelling has been open since 2010. That's so awesome. I, yeah, thank you. That's, it is awesome. Well, um, I, I just love, I think your whole setup, like, and, and even before you lived here, you lived just like down the road, right? Mm -hmm. Having your office there mm -hmm. and like having it be just with one little space. And mm -hmm. I didn't, I didn't know how many employees you had, but I figured it was small mm -hmm. and it's just kind of like, it's kind of like the small business dream, right? <laughs> because you, you would like bike to work or walk to work or whatever. And like, even your, even like your farthest drive for a client, like can't be that far. The Valley isn't that big. I do actually put on an average of 16,000 miles a year on my car. Six. 16,000 a year 16,000 a year and I'm a quarter not I'm not even a quarter of a mile from my home to work yeah. 
So that's a lot of mileage yeah. driving around this valley. Mm-hmm. Um, that includes like trips to Salt Lake for uh, research. But no, I do a ton of driving mm-hmm. because houses are all over the valley and you might go from Wilson to town or north of town. Mm-hmm multiple times in a week so by the time you add that up it's quite a bit but um it's you know it's been working out really well for me i used to have a store in town which was a great experience i always wanted to try retail and see what it would be like to have the retail and the design business but ultimately when you have retail and design working in the same space you end up managing more of the retail than you do the design. And I found myself working. I mean, by the time I decided to close and move, I was on 90 hour work weeks on a regular basis. And it was just absurd. I couldn't get anything done for my design projects during the day because people were coming in and talking to me Mm -hmm. either just to be social or to ask about products. And so if you're trying to tackle drawings for someone and then it's interrupted by uh, a person coming in to shop or a person coming in to socialize, it becomes problematic to when you lose your flow. Yeah. No, yeah, I get that. When I'm editing videos in here, I shut the door. Like I tell Taylor, like I'm editing, I need like, I see like an hour of just like no interruptions because I it's not it's not super easy for me to get into the the flow of that sort of thing the creativity part of it right so I just need like no interruption for that right you need to be able to hunker down and turn on your creativity and be uninterrupted yeah so did you what were you selling in that space just like the items that you so yeah. it was furniture, lighting. Oh. Um, then I had little items that were more gifty. Um, I worked with a couple local jewelry designers, mm-hmm. candles, throw pillows, blankets, mm-hmm. any kind of gift a- accessory item. Housing, housing good, home goods mm-hmm. kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Cool. Yeah. So it was. A, I mean, it was a great experience. I'd always yeah. wanted to do it and give it a try, but. The other thing is retail is just (laughs) bonkers when you are trying to manage the people coming in, the product, and then for at least half of the year here, no one's shopping because Mm -hmm. no one wants to go shop when it's 30 below. Everybody's on the mountain or in the mountains, whereas, you know, in the summer, people are shopping and walking around town, but... It's just not a sustainable venture when you're selling larger items and again focusing on the design work. Yeah. Just became too taxing. Yeah, and depending probably how on how close you were to the square, like you're probably paying an arm and a leg for the rent or whatever. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. That's cool. Correct. And I'm sure I mean I'm sure your spot here isn't isn't that cheap either but well they're not giving away rent yeah. anywhere yeah. in Jackson Hole yeah but this is more manageable out here and my time is just more effective in the office yeah. so yeah we have a um it's an office small showroom so you know we'll have clients come in and pick up an item here or there mm-hmm. but or a local person will come in and and pop in and pick something up 
Um, but for the most part, the goods we keep on hand are for installations and to show people materials, yeah. give them idea, rotate things around. And then um, it's rarely just someone off the street. Yeah. That's awesome. And and you feel that um, just like straight up having an office space is valuable for the kind of business you're trying to do? Oh, absolutely. I mean, that office space is just shy of 1100 square feet mm-hmm. and I could easily have another 500 square feet just for our samples mm. I mean we have piles of wood samples <laughs> and metal samples and um, even though we have great tile uh, abilities at showrooms here to take clients to showrooms we still have tile samples on hand that might not be readily available um, at one of the local showrooms mm-hmm. and then you tack on drawings and fabrics and catalogs it's a lot of just stuff I mean you yeah. have to have you have to have a, a certain amount in your library as a designer at your fingertips because going online to research everything does not allow you to have the correct color to work from in real time. Mm-hmm. So whether that's the finish of a metal or a lampshade or a throw pillow, it it's all relevant to the space. Yeah. And, and correct me if I'm wrong, but like kind of the, the reason somebody is using an interior designer is to, uh, it's the it's the service of you your eye first and foremost your ability to figure out what looks good based on like the style that they want first but is it also like the service of your researching constantly finding cool pieces that fit into these themes that you want to use and then bringing them together for the for the customer correct that's all correct Um, It really depends on the scope of the work of the project, but I always tell everyone that when you are starting a project, uh, construction, new construction or remodel, bringing on an entire team to work together right from the get-go is really important because when you bring in a designer to work with the architect and the builder from the beginning, Although the architect may line out the lighting plan, the lighting plan that the architect has in mind might not include all of the decorative lighting that Mm -hmm. you want to see throughout your home. Also, specifically, you may end up liking to read in a certain way that the architect isn't necessarily as focused on as they might be on another area of the house. And the intimacy of getting to know a designer and the way you live in your home is that a designer's resources for something that is decorative but also that functions well just enhances what an architect is planning from the beginning. So it's it's really a fluid movement of mm-hmm. creativity and resources to be able to pull someone's knowledge and have their knowledge be able to share with the client so that you can say, well, I didn't really expect a like pendants in this area 
or um, multiple fixtures in my living room. But when a designer puts them together and has options for you to look at and knows how they interplay, then all of a sudden your ceiling gets a lot more interesting when it's layered. Yeah. Yeah. And that's a cool skill that you have. So you're not just the you're not you're not just the designer who says like you know here's some thousand dollar throw pillars pillows that look nice and then here's like a an elk skull for five thousand dollars that'll go above your mantle you're like in the build process too <laughs> no i'm definitely not no i'm not and it it really chafes me <laughs> When people call me a decorator, oh no! And nothing. There's nothing wrong with being a decorator. It's totally fine. But it's a separate job. And when you go to school and you study the rough in of electrical and plumbing, Mm -hmm. and you know what it means to put in headers and go into crawl spaces and figure out how to run wires, like especially in a remodel Uh when things get funky and you have to plan around load bearing walls um, or, you know, a a crawl space that doesn't have access to move plumbing somewhere. Like say it's slab on grade, which means that you're sitting on concrete And so you might have this brilliant idea to move your bathroom from one end of the room to another end of the room. But what that means is you are chewing up concrete on a slab on grade construction Mm -hmm. to then re-rough in the plumbing to move it in the flooring from one end of the room to the other versus Mm -hmm. when you have a crawl space, it's easily done, right? Mm -hmm. So... I do not care for when people, you know, say something like, well, you just throw pillows, which has become a joke because of a friend of mine. And nothing, there's nothing wrong with the soft goods. I love doing the soft goods yeah. and artwork and, and just the pretty stuff, right? I call it the fluff work. Mm-hmm. But it's just different than getting into the construction world. And yeah. um, it takes a, a lot of study. So... I just like making that separation because I wasn't a very good student growing up until I got to design school. Yeah. And then I got a four point and it was like, okay, I'm here. I have a job. I'm in grad school. I really give a shit about this. I want to make this work for me. I want to study it. Mm -hmm. And I studied hard. And so I like to remind myself yeah (laughs) that i got here for a reason yeah i think that's that's you definitely your company's differentiator that you're not just putting pillows on a couch for thousands of dollars you're like in the nitty-gritty of there's no throw pillow that should cost (laughs) thousands of dollars i know well i just like i uh you know we used to live um at uh we used to run from John Martin. Oh, so yes. we went, we're on two interior designers in Jackson. <laughs> and we, we looked, we just were, we always make jokes about like, oh, they probably charged like these clients like thousands of dollars for pillows because like they'll just, people here will just pay that. Right. <laughs> but that's where our joke about that came about. <laughs> nice. But I like, I like what you said about once you got into what you, once you figured out what you wanted to do, you got like way better grades because that was the same with me. Like, oh, really? In college, yeah. Once I got to marketing, I was, I have a marketing and management degree. Mm hmm. At the same semester, I'd be acing all my business classes and like C's 
and maybe a D in like, you know, prerequisite English or something like that. Mm. Cause it's just like, you know, my brain would only give a shit on the stuff that I like enjoyed and saw a future. in. I'm like, I don't need to like, what is this writing a response to a response to an article? Like, what is this bullshit? Yeah. Let me go like market something. How about a straight up D minus in Mr. Escudero's, uh, Mr. Escudero <laughs> chemistry class. Oh junior no. Year of high school. That's not good. He made me cry. <laughs> he did. Where did you grow up? Ohio, Cincinnati. Cincinnati. Mm-hmm. Are you at all like a Bengals fan or anything? Or I'm a football not. Fan? No, I don't. I don't care for football at all. <laughs> what, are there any sports that you do like? Yeah. Skiing. I, well, I love to ski. Yeah. Uh, I love tennis. Do you? I love going to soccer games. Um, I love basketball. I just am not... I If I'm going to watch professional sports, I want to do it in person. Mm-hmm. But football is not something I'm ever going to attend or watch on TV. But if you said, Kate, let's go to a basketball game, mm-hmm. I would be all over that. I would be all over a hockey game. I went to the Masters. Yeah. Do you, <laughs> you know? do you go to the Moose games a lot? Uh, not a lot, but I I go occasionally. Yeah, we always go like or like last winter we went like the first three weekends probably to one of them, and then it was like oh it's like the same thing every weekend. And Taylor and I being from Minnesota, she played hockey growing up. My siblings did. Right. We've seen some hockey. Sure. So like I don't. It's not like a exciting thing for us anymore. <laughs> not mind bending for yeah, you yeah yeah like our friends you know one of our friends is from uh rhode island he played hockey growing up but he hasn't seen it in a while mm-hmm. since then another friend from philly and um so they didn't really grow up with hockey so they're like oh this is so cool they're like you know skating and fighting and all this nice. stuff and we're like yeah 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 right. it's like my thousandth <laughs> thousandth game i've seen right but those are they're fun with the band and all the breweries there absolutely and the whole town like in the beginning of the their season, there's not. I don't think it's. They start in like November, I think. Right. I so, think so the the skiing isn't like full on yet. No. So it's like everyone brings their kids there. Um, you met Haley with the German Shepherd. She's right. a, she's a teacher, so she goes there and she sees all her students there, and that's pretty funny. Because like we'll have a couple beers and <laughs> I go. Am sure. And then she's got to just like <laughs> go straight face and be like, "Hey guys, you guys doing your homework?" Right. She yeah. just shows up in a ho- hockey mask. Yeah. <laughs> she's actually the mascot so she can perfect that's good <laughs> yeah. that's good for her um but yeah um cool so i like i mean i do like i love all sports yeah i think except for football that's funny <laughs> i played in co- i played football in college oh you did so i'm like a major football fan mm. so in the fall if they i don't even know if they're gonna play but if they play you'll hear some yelling about that gosh the- yeah F- like professional sports how bizarre is that going to be this fall? Yeah, I mean all of them. Like, I mean the NBA is now playing in the in a bubble. the The PGA is playing with no fans. Baseball, they keep having teams drop out, but they're playing with no fans. It's so weird how the the different strategies they've taken to appease people. It just can't be that exciting to play without the fans there. I mean, the fans really add in so much zest yeah i know they've, they've been they've been piping in fan or crowd noise to all the stadiums just to give it a little bit of a feel so you can't i mean probably so you can't hear all the players like cursing the whole time right um but yeah the nba they're playing in like just a gym that'd be like you, you could find the gym at like your own normal uh fitness club or something mm-hmm. like just a small gym and they have like screens up on the outsides of it and they'll like 
play videos of fans basically like they make it look like they're in stands but it's just a little like a headshot of, of a fan right and then all the ads go through it so they're like trying to give some sort of atmosphere but they're not they don't have anything it's the camaraderie yeah which is actually tied back into my business because there's so much camaraderie uh-huh. in my business when you get to know the client and their life and it becomes such an interpersonal relationship. Mm-hmm. Same thing with the subs and the architects and the builders. And yeah. it's just, it's crucial. I think it's a, a real deficit I've been feeling during COVID not having that connection with people. Um, even if you're an introvert, I know like introverts are probably faring better through all of this mm-hmm. than uh, than extroverts, obviously. Yeah. But still, I, I think like whether it's professional sports or in your workplace, it it really makes a difference when you have that level of camaraderie with with your people yeah. who you see on a regular basis. Yeah, and you're hands-on in the space that they're going to be in. Sometimes it's a second home for them, vacation home, but maybe it's their all-the-time home, and that's your your hand. You're doing you're you're building or or putting together the space that they're going to be in twenty-four-seven, basically. Right. And especially now, they're people are in their just in their homes more than ever. Exactly. So that's got to be you got to like know the type of person. Like if you're going to design something for me, like you'd probably want to throw something with like wolves in there, and that'd be like. <laughs> you knowing what <laughs> just stuff this about magnificent me magnificent beast yeah yeah like a cool picture bridge you're like oh grab that grab that um picture right there oh nice so this was a photo that i took i need to get it framed uh-huh. a photo i took and then taylor's sister found this like website where they take it and they watercolor it or right. like somehow they print it to look like watercolor sure look at those handsome boys yeah where is this um the actual photo is not what the background is the background is just like what the the artist put on there ah i see the actual photo was um you know the trailhead that you would take to like crystal butte hike and crystal light sure right above the refuge mm-hmm. right up there like okay. in that short little trail you can go right up a little hill sweet right above town that's where it was such good boys mm-hmm. big ears enormous ears bridger bridger's had the same size ears since he was like eight months old <laughs> Oh, I would have fallen apart and just completely (laughs) melted if I saw him at eight weeks old. I'll find find something. That's a fun fun part of the podcast for those that are just listening. We're just going (laughs) to look at pictures on my computer. (laughs) But what's amazing is that Bridger's ears are, one of Bridger's ears is just, oh, stop it. That's day one. That's the first day I got him. Oh my goodness. <laughs> He's like as big as Vita. Right oh there. my goodness. Look at those paws. Yeah. Um, this is his first big snow. Oh. It's just so fun having a puppy. <laughs> <laughs> he was such a little rascal when I he was a puppy. Was he? Yeah. He would. What re- was the worst he did? Um, he chewed through a mattress. <laughs> Ooh. yeah that's uh, a doozy he used to get like separation anxiety mm-hmm. and and not, not until we started living here did we ever leave them um out when we would leave sure we'd have them in kennels for a while because if he used to chew stuff up but yeah he chewed a hole through my mattress once wow right big boy tenacious yeah he doesn't he's saying no that wasn't me i gotta get <laughs> out of here um that was so that was definitely the worst and then he's dug some holes and stuff this is his mom 
Oh my gosh, beautiful. Yeah. That was when he was starting to look like a man. Right. It's actually like, he's what is that? Three years ago almost. He's filling out. Yeah. Yeah, he got, since he's part wolf, I think he, I think they mature quicker. Like physically, they just like mature faster. What is so fascinating about him is he's incredibly fierce with his eyes mm-hmm. and his stance, but he's just such a love bug. He is. It's just like he got, I, I always say he got the best parts of all the breeds that he's, that he, he is. He sure did. This is a good one of him. Mm-hmm. Can I zoom in on that? That's a great sky too. Yeah. So that's the city that I got him in St. Paul. And there's this like old railway railroad mm-hmm. switching area that they turned into a park. Um, that's why I take him like every day. Nice. Um, yeah. He like, he got like the wolf eyes and the wolf face. So he has a very serious face mm-hmm. um, and he's pretty aloof because of the wolfy part. Like he's nice to people and he lets them pet him, but he just doesn't really care. Right. We're like a lot of like, golden retrievers are the extreme where they're like need to be pet sure and um and then he just looks serious all the time even when he's a puppy the vets called him a serious boy mm. right buddy interesting yeah you're very serious hello Hi. he um he sit? has a mild take on his eyeliner vita i <laughs> say has eyeliner perfection oh, she yeah. really goes in deep do you sit she likes to you know, she really likes to get that kind of oh, rock yeah. and roll star. Yeah, she has like up into her eyebrows. A little yeah, bit. she gets she gets a little bit of the cat eye going. Mm-hmm. Could you? Why, why don't we go into uh, Vita's story? Oh, Vita's story. Okay, Vita has been here for with me for seven and a half years. Um, so I was in Tracones, Mexico, for a yoga retreat. Where is that? I don't know what that city. It's um, <laughs> it's down near Zehuatanejo, which is a great Shawshank Redemption. Uh, oh yeah. Yep. I don't. I don't still don't know where that is, but okay, I so, remember that from the movie. Yeah. So little Shawshank Redemption reference. Look at that guy. So That's... down. Um. What did it? What does he say in Shawshank? Where the Pacific meets. Where the Pacific meets the, oh, shoot, I'll What's come this? up with it later. What's the city? Uh, Traconis, T-R-O-N-O-K, no, C-A-N. Traconis. Yeah, there we go. T-R-O-C-O-N-E-S. Yeah, so we're Googling this right now. So it is. Is that the city, Zewatanejo? So Zewatanejo is yeah. where you fly in. This is really, really down there. Oh yeah, it's it's. Uh, and it's like not it's so it's it's like it's on the Pacific side. Um, it's it's right on the edge. Just just of, like yeah, west of Mexico City, basically. Mm-hmm. South of Guadalajara. That's like not a very common vacation spot. I don't think. No, so there was this great little um, yoga retreat that I found, which when I was calling around for yoga retreats and I found this one after I had called more than a handful and they were like, yeah, we're vegan and we don't serve alcohol. And I kept saying, I'm not going on vacation to not drink alcohol. Like I cannot drink alcohol at home. <laughs> I don't need to, I don't need to go somewhere to abstain from alcohol. 
So um, anyway, when I called this place, which was probably about the seventh or eighth place I called, uh, I quickly said, so do you have alcohol? And they said, we have uh, 27 different kinds of tequila. And I said, this is going to be perfect for me. (laughs) (laughs) And anyway, so I was down there with two girlfriends and it was the first day. And there were just stray dogs rampant through the area. And the um, the yoga retreat was one of the first businesses that was rebuilding the area from the cartel coming through and decimating the neighborhood. And so anyway, Vita had been hanging out at the Palapa where we were doing yoga and, you know, getting scraps from people, staying cool in the shade. And she came over to me literally while I was in Downward Dog and kissed me on the nose. And I stood up and I looked at my friend and I was like, holy shit, I think I've got to take this dog home with me. So I started inquiring through the retreat with all of the local people what they thought and what they knew of her. And they said she's been coming here for a while and she lives with this family who beats the shit out of her. And I she was in a bad way. I mean, she's 16 pounds now and she was probably close to 10 when I got her and she had a broken hip. Wasn't she like pregnant too? Yeah, she was a week pregnant when I brought her home. So everyone at the retreat kept saying to me, you have to take her home if you want to take her home. She has a horrible life here. You know, they Mm -hmm. don't do anything for her and she's out on her own. And um, I mean, she was definitely going to die. She was teetering on the edge. So she and I just had this moment where I could not, I mean, it was literally angels singing. And uh, so we took her to a vet down there and he dewormed her and gave her a rabies shot and, you know, said she's probably about 10 months old because she was in her first heat. Mm -hmm. And uh, he said, you know, she has a really bad life here. So take her if you want to take her. And so, sure enough, I got some money out, (laughs) and I showed up at the airport with some cash, (laughs) and you smuggled her out. It's really amazing what happens when you hand out hundies at the airport. That's awesome. You get her on the plane. That's outstanding. Yeah, I was. I was also uh, a doctor and a lawyer in. In the same hour, I I did forge some documents. and um, But, you know, it's like I've never been a liar. (laughs) And she was definitely worth lying for because... Yeah, the end end justified the means for sure. Yeah, yeah, it did. And she was perfect on the flight home. (laughs) She stayed in the carrier underneath my seat and did not make a peep. All the way from Traconis, Mexico to Jackson Hole, Wyoming, with a some sort of heinous like nine hour layover in Houston or something Ugh. to that tune. Never made a peep. Didn't have an accident. Couldn't have been more perfect. I got her home. Uh, she was I mean, so she was about 10 months old. It was March. <laughs> 
<laughs> she had been living in Mexico and we came home to, you know, just like six feet of snow. Yeah. And uh, and she loves like she loves skiing. Yeah. She loves burying her head in the snow. She's I mean, she's actually way more of a snow dog than she is a summer dog. Yeah. That's so, awesome. Yeah. So she has short little legs and gets around just fine in our deep powder. Yeah. I picture her just like um like a cartoon or something she's like just burrowing through and you just see the little like the top of the snow just moving like you'd see like a mole moving <laughs> through the dirt or something that's what i picture when you say when you've told me before that you ski with her well, like what does she I, do swim through it i do, she does purpose through it quite well yeah but i do pick her up when it's really deep powder yeah um but she, like she loves snow king yeah and she loves going up on the pass that's awesome. Yeah. And then sometimes I just put her in my backpack if it gets too deep. But yeah. she's a little trooper, man. She's Yeah. And she's, you said you've done, uh, you've caught the Sleeping Indian with her? I have Sleeping Indian, yeah. Jackson Peak. Um, did you see we did Jackson Peak? No. When did you do that? Um, I don't know, like a few weekends ago. Taylor, Taylor and I and the dogs did it. That's a great hike. Oh, yeah. Because you Goodwin get... Lake is so beautiful. <laughs> yeah. And then you ascend from there. Yeah, and, and doing it with the dog, it's a great dog summit to do. Like, you can get the feeling of being on a real summit. I mean, it's over 10,000 feet. Right. It's super prominent. So, like, you feel like you're just on the top of the earth up there. Correct. Great views. Um, but with the lake and all the creek the creek along the way, like, it's it's a good, really good dog hike. And it's shady, so it's, like, not too hot. And there's for the plenty first of half. water. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's what I'm saying with the lake. Right. Yeah. That, that was, that's a great one. Right? Yeah. Bridge. Right? <laughs> yeah that was that was we went up there summited hung out there for a while i got like my drone up and flew it around and then came down and like had lunch at the lake on the way down nice yeah. how um what's the highest they've gone what's higher glory or jackson peak we'll look this up jackson i think yeah jackson because it's done mount glory mm. no i think jackson's higher Jackson's 10,434, is that right? Or 391. I'm still not getting it right. 10,741. That's that's pretty high. I think Glory's like nine something. Mount Glory's just over 10. Is it? Not quite. Oh. Yeah, yeah, 1086. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah, Jackson Peak is the highest they've ever been to. Nice. Yeah. What's the highest peak you've been on? The middle. Oh, excellent. Yeah. How was yeah. that? It was It was awesome. It was, um, I mean, it's the biggest, like, physical endeavor I've ever done. I've never done anything that long or that much, that strenuous before. Mm-hmm. Um, the, uh, there was a lot of snow up there. Mm. There was, like, I mean. What it's, time I, of year did you go? July. Okay. Like, uh, like middle of July. Yeah. Okay. Um, but I just think in that, what is it? Garnet Canyon. Mm-hmm. There, it's just so high on either side that there's not a lot of time that the sun is in the spot to melt it. Sure. And there's so much snow up there. Um, but I think it was, if, if the total was like 13 and a half miles or 14 miles or something, probably two or three of the miles were fully just crossing snow. Mm. And, some of them post holing or was it quite solid um on the way up it was solid because we started at like i think we started at 
230 or 3, maybe. The way up, it was solid. Like, kind of slick because it's kind of, you know, glazed over. Sure. Um, but then on the way down, you start to pull a little bit where those, where it's softer or where it's thinner in the snow. And then the bigger hazard was, like, you know, you're, like, traversing these big open sloped areas of the snow. And in one spot, like, it starts to slip out from under you. And I fell. Ooh. I fell and slid down and thought my life was ending because I was going for a giant boulder. Wow. And, um, I mean, it's it just, like, the panic of, like, moving like that because my friend said i wasn't going that fast um but i was just like panicking like he had just told me like yeah you want to stick your poles into the snow tried that didn't work and i just try to dig my hands in to slow down well also you're in a state of shock when you fall when you're on a new experience and it's yeah. quite a rough terrain yeah and though and so yeah i got got to the i just like gently got to the rock stood on it and i was like holy shit that was terrifying and then my friend who's just a little bit farther but still in the same patch of snow he's like no, no, when you're trying to slow down, you got to do this. And he tries to demonstrate and falls <laughs> and then does the same thing I do. And then he's like, no, here's how you do it. And de- demonstrates how you stop effectively, <laughs> like in real time. It was so funny. <laughs> well, I'm glad you're here to tell us about the story. Yeah. it's I How would, many hours? 12. Okay. A full 12. Okay. And I don't know like our pace. Like I try to stop a, a lot of times just to like kind of take it in and like remember what we're doing and sure soak it in basically um but we were moving like i mean i have really long legs my friend he just is like he's kind of a psycho to like get up there he's he hikes really fast right um but then i think on the once you get have you hiked from that area i have not done the middle have you done the grand nope okay so it's the uh i think it's called the alpine meadows trailhead is where you start Mm -hmm. in the park and it's just kind of um, switchbacks up in just the forest for most of it or for the beginning of it. And on our way down, it was so busy in that section that we were stopping like every 15 feet oh. for people let people go by. That's terribly annoying. And yeah, and I'm just like, you know, we're over it. We're like, right. we're hour 11. <laughs> Everything's hurting. It's time to go. It's hot now because we dressed for like cold for being up high early you're waiting for that beer yeah my yeah like, i'm like getting sunburned by the moment my feet are just fo- gonna fall off i'm just like get out of my way right <laughs> and it's like all these families like it's great that they're out here and they're sure. like being like these kids are just like being kids but i'm just like get out of my way right let me down it's it's a daunting time to go deep with patience yeah and everyone's doing and i don't know why that's really bothered me that much but it you know it was in july so everyone's like, you know, putting their mask up or putting their shirt mm-hmm. up when they pass us. I'm like, dude, we're like in like, I'm like 30 feet away from everybody. Like we're not, this is not the place we're going to catch COVID people. Right. Okay. Right. <laughs> Especially not for me. Like if I just did the middle with COVID, that's right. like, <laughs> you should be hugging me anyways. <laughs> like, especially since it's a respiratory disease or mm-hmm. virus. Like that would be, I thought that'd be funny because just whatever. But <laughs> yeah, it, I don't know why that bothered me, but it did. Everyone's just like being weird. Weird time. But yeah, but it's definitely a cool hike to do because you don't need you don't need um, ropes. You just need. I just bought a like a climbing helmet, and it's just um, the final. Did you see the video that I posted of it? No. Where do I do I have it on here? I don't know if I do. But the uh, what was that? Somebody's Skyler. having a good time out there. Um. The so it's mostly just a hike. You cross boulder fields and things. Um, 
How but, much exposure uh, is there? Or the, how much time do you spend being heavily exposed? The top is a pretty good amount of exposure. So that's what I was trying to get to. Oh, look at that sweet boy. Nice. Um, the, uh, the, the last like 1,500 feet of vertical, you're climbing up a couloir. Okay. This is the video that I posted. Um, and it's not like roped climbing. It's kind of, it's more scrambling, but you're right. certainly getting a lot Hugging of vertical. Yeah. And you're using your hands and your feet. Um, so that's pretty exposed cause you're like way up there. And then the very tippy top is like basically a rock, like the size of this room, maybe two of them. And then like, you know, 800 foot cliffs on every, every direction. Wowzers. Yeah. And then the grand, like feels like you can touch the grand cause wow. you're so close to it. And it's the second tallest peak in the Teton. So you're like, it's 11,000 or no, it's almost 12,000 feet high. Nice. So, so that's, that's, that's uh, the high, that's called, that's called the meadows. Mm -hmm. So people camp, keep people like camp up in here. I've been to the meadows. Oh yeah. Then you would have mm -hmm. been, you probably would have gone to that trailhead. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So this is the snow. I'm just we didn't... not a huge fan of exposure. I'm yeah. good. I'm if there's ropes, like if if you're roping in mm -hmm. to go climbing and you have a top rope and a lead person, I feel comfortable doing that. But I don't love the exposure on something like this that is uh, is so intense but that's beautiful and i'm really proud of you for doing that nice work <laughs> thank you yeah so uh, doing that early that you get such cool views of the sun coming up oh i'm sure and like you can see the gravant mountains like just glowing basically when it, the sun first first gets up there nice and you see here in a second so all there's all these streams coming out of the snow right and they have like a rule i don't really know how they uphold it but you, if you're camping up there you're not supposed to go to the bathroom you're not supposed to go number two up there. You're supposed to pack it out. Mm -hmm. So you can drink the water up there. Mm -hmm. So we packed two water bottles, obviously, but then I just refilled my hydro flask when we passed that creek. Fun. Yeah. And that's like the, the saddle that you get to sure. before you climb the couloir. And that's like over to Idaho. You can see Driggs. Nice. And then you go up here to this couloir. Now that's, that's my buddy. And then that's a random guy that just got there at the same time we did. And we're all like, yeah, let's fr first time on the middle and let's let's goggle summit it together sweet <laughs> yeah he was flying solo yeah he, wow. he'd he been a guide at um on rainier okay. for like five years so he was he, he knew what he was doing okay so that's a cool r so you're like yeah and that's sweet. the top crushing it dude <laughs> and they got the stamp got to touch the stamp nice so that's looking down. That's the grand. Got to have the pit vipers on. Yeah. Excellent. My mom, my mom didn't like that shot. <laughs> I didn't, I didn't tell almost anybody that I was doing this until my brother, but then I got up there and you have cell service up there. So I FaceTime my mom and she's like, what are you doing? And I'm like, I'm on the middle Teton right now. She's like, what? And she's with my grandma. So they were just like, what are you doing? And then, uh, but yeah. That's sweet. And that's, yeah, that's where the sun, that's what the sun looks like. It's so cool up there. Yeah, definitely a must do um, for anybody that just likes long hikes, like summits. You don't need to get into like the climbing aspect of it. Um, I felt 
not that I think everybody would feel this safe, but I felt safe the entire time. There wasn't actually, there was one time where I was sketched out and that's because, um, on the Kular, there's a lot of loose rock, you know? Mm. And my partner said, Hey, you got, you want to stick together so that if we make a rock break loose and if it does hit one of us, it's not going very fast. Sure. And I was trying to be very careful about that and not let stuff go. And then he, slips and falls and a little like a maybe a baseball sized rock comes and just nails me in the leg wow (laughs) but we were like this close so like it it didn't didn't hurt but i was like bro yeah that was sketchy like that was a lot of rocks that moved right there right but yeah definitely not the best feeling yeah excellent okay well maybe i'll put that back on my list yeah yeah you could definitely do it yeah does your so um could you explain your like your nerve, your hip nerve thing again to me. Oh, sure. So I, I think I read it in a social post of yours mm-hmm. or something, but I don't know if I've ever talked to you about it. So I have, hold on, must must take a drink of my slushy. <laughs> take your medicine. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Today. So we're not. Um, Friday slushies. Yeah. So we're not drinking uh, Snake River today. We're drinking slushies from base camp slash provisions. Um, but they it has Jackson Hole Steelworks in it. It's like a Huckleberry sloshy with their vodka, and I'm pretty sure. So shout out to those guys. And it has mint in and it. And mint, yeah, Huckleberry which, mint, yeah. Uh, which is you definitely taste it with the Huckleberry. Yeah, I'm a fan. I just learned that I don't. I think we. Can, I don't think we can. Humans know how to like grow Huckleberries. I think they're like an only natural thing, like a morale kind of. Ooh. Oh, excellent piece did you know of that knowledge i like that nugget Tyler. did you know that i, d- no. I don't know i just heard that in passing Let's see. no i don't i did not know that and you mean you're you're saying that we could not garden these that's that's what i think i might have heard but i could also be full of shit have you run into a bear that is deep into a huckleberry patch no but i know I that that's their favorite <laughs> <laughs> and they are having such a good time that their eyes are googly. I mean, yeah. they are straight up drunk on their huckleberries. Huckleberries grow wild on subalpine slopes, forest bogs, and lake basins. I don't really want huckleberries in my yard anyway because I yeah, don't want to conjure the bears. Attempts to cultivate huckleberry plants from seeds have failed with plants devoid of fruits. Oh. This may be due to the inability for the plants to fully root and to replicate the native soil chemistry of wild plants. Sweet. Isn't that wild? Nature always trumping us. Yeah. Good. I like it. I think stuff like that is so crazy because like, you know, we can figure out how to go to the moon and we can figure out like potential cures for cancer and like how to, you know, we're just monkeys that can travel around the world, but we can't figure out how to grow this one berry <laughs> or that, that one mushroom. Like we can't figure out these two things, even though we can figure Wouldn't out. Wouldn't you just love to be able to grow some morels? Yeah. Those things are bonkers. Amazing. Yeah. You saw the one in our backyard in the back, right? Oh yeah. 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 We let it grow for a while and it looked like it was kind of getting dry. Right. So then I picked it and then what one of the you, nights. How did you eat it? We kind of sliced it like into like almost like wheels mm. and then put it in a pan with like just some butter mm-hmm. and just cooked it a little bit so it was warm and then had it um with like a big, big charcuterie board taylor is obsessed with charcuterie boards mm. so if you like those she can make them for you nice um did like that and then we just like had some kind of crappy steaks and cut those up into little pieces and had those with the mushroom okay 
It was so good. Don't get crappy steaks. <laughs> Go to Sweet Cheeks and get their ribeyes because okay. they're the best steaks ever. Where's their location? It never is actually been there. on uh, Scott Lane. Like by uh, so, the UPS? Um, no, that's Gregory. Gregory. Um, the other guy. So Scott Lane. Exactly. That <laughs> other guy. Uh, so near Sidewinders. But across across the street from Sidewinders. But that's a good marker at that light. Like the bowling alley? Uh, pa- just north of yeah. that. Okay. Yeah, but cool. ribeye—that's what—that's what we're gonna grill up for dinner tonight. Oh, awesome! Mm-hmm. Little sweet cheek meats with chimichurri. Yeah, <laughs> that's awesome. That sounds so good. Delicious. I do have to go there. I'm totally a habit, a creature of habit. And I just only go to Albertsons every time I'm getting any sort of food, even though it's more expensive than Smith's, and even I'm just though the not meat is not Albertsons, as good. Girl. Yeah, I don't know. We always we always went there. Why do you go there? When well, I think it's just because, um, so we, we we live in Jackson because I would come here with my family all the time. Sure. And that's where we'd always go, just because it was the one, and that's what the tourists knew. So I think that's just my habit of mm. like I just go there. I split my time between Smiths and Whole Grocer, depending on what I'm picking up. Yeah. What do you like it? Well, I love. Um, I love the. Uh, they have a certain coffee at Whole Grocer. At their um, at their snack shack thing. Sure. Um, and it has that like that like fatty butter stuff in it. Oh, bulletproof. Yes. Bulletproof coffee. I love that stuff there. You can make bulletproof coffee on your own at home. I don't Have think it's as magical. It? No. I agree. It's not as magical. That's because they whip it or they have some sort of magical stir that yeah. beats it up. It's um what am I thinking of? Those little those little blenders, those hand blenders, you know, that come it, on the long stick. Are you talking about the little like uh spinning whisk thing? Taylor has those for her coffee. No, ooh, gosh, fancy. I'm yeah. really good at making good coffee at home. I'm really good at making good tea at mm. home, but I add ghee butter to my tea. Yeah, that's not. Actually, where do you that get gets that? Back to my hip because it's yeah. good for your um, digestive system. I get ghee. At, you can get it at Smith's Whole Grocer. I'm sure the Evil Albertsons has it. <laughs> they're Maybe. not your sponsor, right? No, they're not. <laughs> Just Snicker Brewing and Anchor, and Anchor's the the podcast platform that oh, i okay. post this on um and i'm not i'm kind of calling them a half sponsor uh Steelworks, because they'll they provide they'll provide stuff to for the show Sweet. and they're gonna come on next week oh excellent do you know chaz and trav i don't but i will tune in so i can learn some yeah. new vodka information yeah they're super cool they're such a fun marketing client excellent because um just a they're really awesome guys and then B, they actually have like a, a really, really good business where a lot of our clients don't. <laughs> and they're like, you know, they, they're like, all right, we want, you to do, we want you to do all this marketing for a nickel. Oh. And Chaz and Trav are like, yeah, like, we, you know, we'll pay you the normal rate and let's do Google ads and let's do social ads and all the things that my partner and I uh, have always wanted to do and what, why we started the company to do. Nice. We get to actually do it and see its results. Oh, excellent. And it's super cool to see the results of that finally. Like we've grown there. We've been doing their social for almost two months, I think. And we're, they're up 200 followers on Instagram. Excellent. Which is a really good rate for a brand that's not using hot chicks to market. Mm. 
Well, we use Taylor. She's a hot chick. Yes, she is. But she's clothed. <laughs> she's fully clothed. Um, and they have just over 5,000 followers. So that's a good amount of followers to be gaining at that speed. Right. So we're really happy about that. Awesome. And the revenue. Like we're just, we're using their, um, we're doing Google ads for them. Oh. And they're saying they're just nonstop serving sloshies at the distillery all day long. Well, it is. Yeah. I, I like when people say it's sloshy season. I my rebuttal for that is when is it not sloshy season? <laughs> yeah. Because sloshies go down all year long. They do, yeah. Even when it's thirty below out and you've been getting after it in the mountains, <laughs> a sloshy tastes real good. Isn't it isn't it awesome that it's kind of like nobody else but the Jackson Hole Valley calls them sloshies? <laughs> Like I, I've told it to other people and they're like, oh, you mean just an alcoholic slushy? I'm like, yeah, but it's, it's better because it's here and it still works. Yeah. And it, I think it's this funny little Valley thing that like, it's not any different than anything, anywhere other else, anywhere else is alcoholic slushy, but it's here. So it's better. It is. It is better. Yeah. <laughs> and there's such great swag around the slushies. Like there's yeah. great t-shirts and bumper yeah. stickers and you know. Everybody gets down with it. It's fun. Yeah. Have you been into um, Made, the store in town? Yes. Yeah. I love all of their like Wilson mom stuff. I oh, love yeah. that idea too. Yeah. And that's like, it's it's kind of a joke. But when we when I talk to Chaz and Trav about like marketing, we're like, all right, this is focused to our Wilson moms. Right. <laughs> and, no, it's and, a real thing. Wilson yeah. moms are a real thing. <laughs> yeah. And you know, Lindsay of um, House Call Hydration. Right. I've always, I've told her a handful of things about marketing and it's always like, okay, here's how you get your Wilson moms. Right. <laughs> because that's like a big part of their clientele. Sure. It's, it's this funny thing. And I, I think we've talked about it here on here before, but for the audience, Wilson moms are, actually, let's hear your explanation of what a Wilson mom is. Ooh. <laughs> it's putting me in the hot seat. Yeah. <laughs> a $500 hot seat. <laughs> Um, I'm going to say a Wilson mom is a hot, <laughs> probably going to be hot. Yep, yeah, definitely going to be hot. Um, woman of a range of ages, I would say, but I mean, technically has to be a mom. Yeah. I would say, uh, late thirties to early fifties is the Wilson mom. Yeah. Age. I throw yes, I, I would agree. I throw dog moms in there too because I kind of call Taylor. Taylor sometimes has some Wilson mom tendencies, mm. um, and I think you probably do too, even though you don't have kids. Mm. I, I don't think. Mm. No. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that's funny. I've been called a Wilson mom <laughs> before, and I'm like, well, I'm not a mom. Um, yeah. Thanks so much. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, I think depending on which way you go, it's either like anything a great compliment or can be pretty derogatory <laughs> uh generally they're of a certain uh economic status <laughs> and that and what i have learned over the years is how funny it is that people group certain people in with each other right because mm -hmm. everybody likes to sum everyone else up from the outside so I don't think of, I mean, Wilson moms might be very wealthy or they might just be, you know, mildly comfortable, right? But there's yeah. definitely, a, there's definitely a stereotype. And uh, 
And I would just say hotness is probably the the biggest. Yeah. Stere- biggest portion of the stereotype. Yeah, I always focus on more on the activities that they all do, uh, less on less than the uh, economic oh, status. Interesting. Because there's like, f- let's see, I'll name them. There's like four things that everybody on this side of the river, do, all the women on this side of the river do. Oh, let's hear it. So one of this is one of your tendencies also. It's those trucker hats. Oh. They all wear the <laughs> trucker hats, and I don't get why. <laughs> and it, I think it's a big like hiking touring cap that that only chicks wear way more chicks wear them it's like the foam one like foam foam front mesh back high Mm -hmm. point Mm -hmm. like you know weighs as much as air yeah those ones (laughs) so i think that's one (laughs) that's a wilson mom i would like to put in that i have been wearing baseball hats mm, like some version of a baseball hat whether it's a trucker hat or a or like a classic baseball hat Mm. Definitely since I was <laughs> thir- like 12, 13. Hats have always been a solid part of my repertoire. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's not the, the other hats. No, it's the I get trucker it. hats. I get it. Just the truck. And it's All like right, they're so from the bird or they're from like the stagecoach or like Wilson Backcountry or it says like, uh, what do they have? They have uh, Wilson Low Life, uh-huh. like that kind of stuff. Okay, so trucker hats. Yeah, trucker <laughs> yep. hats. Yoga. Another one of your tendencies. <laughs> um, I do do a lot of yoga. Uh, definitely good looking in what, um, in my in what I always picture as a Wilson mom, and uh, like a pretty a pretty big fan of Chardonnay. <laughs> I definitely do not pair up with Chardonnay. No, <laughs> no. So, but I, yeah, I, that when when I call Taylor uh, a Wilson mom is when she's like drinking like early Chardonnays. Ooh, okay. That's what I. I mean, I kind of think I don't even watch the show, but I've, do you ever watch uh, Schitt's Creek? I did. I tried it out for a little bit. It. It. I. I mean, I enjoyed it. It was comical for sure. Yeah. But then it just grated on me a little bit. Yeah. So if the mom, Moira, if she did yoga and hiked, <laughs> she's a Wilson mom. <laughs> That's what I picture. Moira would never hike. Yeah. But it like, but there's people here who are like, they have money, but they also enjoy hiking. Right. Like they'll do it. Like they'll hike with the country club group. Well, just because you, just because you have money doesn't mean you don't like to hike. I know. I know that. <laughs> But I'm saying that's like part of the part of the uh, demographic of Wilson mom. Um, and then they have and then I think a lot of times they have kids named like Bridger or like Jackson. Mm. Like the amount of people around the, the, the times you hear the word Bridger here, it's people either calling their kids or their dogs. <laughs> so they will be at like a park or like walking through somewhere and everyone's like Bridger, Bridger. And it's like this five year old runs up. <laughs> Which is cool because I'd probably name my kid something around the valley too. Right, right. Well, it's a good nod to to yeah. our space. Yeah, to Jim Bridger. Do you know much about Jim Bridger? You know, I was actually looking at your book and I was thinking that I need to um, read about him because I don't know. I don't know. Any, take that one. Really anything about I will take yeah. this. Thank you. It's uh, um, I, this is coffee. Oh, this here, is so. uh, this is way back when. So this, yeah. So this book, we were driving out here to move here, 
Ooh, in a gas. 1824. Yeah. So that Damn. book is a combination of the authors um, kind of uh, giving some background info on the, on the, the mm. situation that they're into and then Jim's actual journal. Oh, okay. So like you get to hear the words of Jim Bridger and it goes from like like him as a kid, how he got into coming out here because okay. he grew up in like St. Louis or something. And then like, mm. you know, he couldn't read. He was like a freaking blacksmith apprentice and said he wanted to go somewhere else. So he hopped on a riverboat and went up the Missouri and then made his way out in this area. But he basically mapped or mapped or discovered everything in like the Western Dakota side of the Dakotas, Wyoming, Montana, he was the first European to, to discover the Salt Lake, Great Salt Lake, um, like in Idaho, like this whole place. And there's a lot of the story, a lot of what he talks about takes place here, Teton Valley, Idaho, and then kind of like by uh, Rock Springs area. Okay. They, have a, they used to have a fort there called Fort Bridger where okay. he lived, where he spent a lot of time. Yeah. But... Yeah, he's a super cool guy. I'm going to come back to get this from you because what Kate is not doing a lot of these days is pleasure reading because <laughs> she's been doing nothing but working. But I am going to reserve the right to come back for okay. that when I'm ready to sit and pleasure read. Yeah, definitely. Any I of these, any of those I'm books. I'm going to have a, a vacation of just pleasure reading. Like yeah. three days where I don't have my phone on and I don't have to work at all and I can just do yoga. <laughs> and pleasure read <laughs> what's your um uh i always see you doing yoga on your deck yes do you have like a certain set of what do they call them poses yeah i do some yoga but i don't i'm not like into it so i this actually comes back to my leg and my back mm-hmm. um i would say my yoga practice is a combination of years of physical therapy and what i learned in physical therapy and then uh, mixing that with yoga classes and, and different styles and poses in yoga that have worked well for me. So mm-hmm. it's an amalgamation of, I mean, we're going on 16 years of shit yeah. in my body and a lot of money I've paid for help with it. Mm-hmm. So I do... I, yeah, I lean I lean on it a lot to keep me um, off painkillers, mm-hmm. and it works well. Yeah, I started getting into it, um, so I tore my ACL in college in mm-hmm. football, mm-hmm. and then you know after I was you know fully re- re- recovered or whatever, I still didn't have as much mobility and like flexion in my knee that I wanted. I didn't feel comfortable like you know golfing to like squat to read a putt or just like you know, squatting to like do something around the house. Right. I still felt tension in there. And so I started doing pretty regularly, just doing um, child's pose sure. and just kind of sitting on my legs like that. Yeah. Even not even at the beginning, it wasn't like bent down. It was just like getting that flexion to be fully flexed and like feeling that pressure in there and making it feel okay. But then I kept doing it. And then like after a while and now I, from doing stuff like that regularly and, doing other poses i uh i basically have feel no difference between my two knees even though one had acl surgery and has like a has a hamstring tendon as an acl now don't you love that yeah when you can fix yourself yeah and it's, it's really not good feeling like i don't i mean i used to 
follow this this chick on YouTube and I do like 20 or 30 minute sessions. But now since I know the poses, mm-hmm. I have like this 10 minute little flow that's kind of like downward dog, child's kind of a bunch of twisting, you know, back stuff because my lower back gets sore right. from sitting here all day. Sure. Um, but I just found like, like you said, I just found like a, a little flow that I, that hits my problem areas and it's quick and it's, it's, I really, really enjoy it. Yeah. I think that's great for everyone to just figure out a space and what works for their body at home. And then if you are into classes, going to a class to try something different, but, um, I mean, it's also just a good way to Mm de-stress and keep yourself calm. Makes me take a minute to breathe and not think about other things. And I love the meditative practice of it. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, sometimes I like to do it with tequila at the end of the day. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. We have a great spot to sit on your deck with yeah. the sun setting like like you're like you guys are always doing. Yeah. Is it such a great spot for that? Like it's peaceful. It is. It's, it's not the road's sanctuary. a little noisy, but the road is a little noisy. It's not ideal, but I feel super lucky to be here and Yeah. It's a it's a little sanctuary back there. It feels it is. really good. Yeah. I sit I'll sit on my deck too and just like you know, the air is just not moving. It's just so the birds are chirping. Yeah. I love and the it when Tony birds have yeah. been out. Oh, and Tony's Tony playing his, his guitar. And I love that. Guitar, I know. He's just always kind of just strumming and it's never too loud, but it's just like off in the distance, just like this. Oh, I'll this tell him that. Yeah. I, I, don't, I don't know what he's playing, but it's just so peaceful. He's it's just... been working on um, Braun Your Stop or Braun Your Stop from Led Zeppelin. Oh, I don't know that song. Oh, you don't? <laughs> no. Oh. You play it? Yeah. <laughs> We can, except you gotta my go? steaks are ready. Okay, let's yeah. wrap this up then. So um, I'm sorry, we have. It's to all good. No, we've been we're... doing this for over an hour, so that's good. We did good. Yeah. yeah. Um, so to wrap it up, uh, tell the nice people um, where to find dwelling. Okay. Um, dwelling is at Osprey Landing on the Village Road, which is 1921. Moose Wilson Road, Suite mm-hmm. 102. You'll see the big dwelling van up front. Correct. I have a big Sprinter van that has the logo on the side. It's not for sale. <laughs> we use it regularly, yeah. even though people want to purchase it on yeah. a regular basis. It gets used regularly, people. It's a badass um, fan. It has like big tires and stuff. Yeah, I didn't take the snow tires off because I was like, why would I take the snow tires off? These are awesome. <laughs> yeah, it's going to snow in like five minutes anyways. Right, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Um, and so, and yes, what's your website and, that, and oh, social uh, dwelling mm-hmm. and my Instagram is dwelling I'm pretty sure it is. Yeah. <laughs> and Facebook is dwelling Jackson hole. Mm-hmm. Um, and she's always posting. I mean, it's, it's kind of your personal page too. So you're posting personal stuff a little bit and then, but a lot of, um, your projects that you work on, like the little, uh, the little um, the little decorative pieces that you add to a home, you're always posting like, oh, look at this cool little, you know, thing from Morocco or whatever. I, lo- I love those because right. like we've talked about, right. I love Mor- I love we, Morocco. Because we both went to Morocco yeah. and it was a great experience. Yeah. And um, I feel like I wouldn't be doing um, my job as, as uh, co-CEO of my marketing company if I didn't say, Kate, if you ever need marketing help, Marilton Media Marketing is here for you. Thank you. We can help you with Tyler, thank so- you. social media management, um, 
Google ads, web design. Mm. Um, what else do we do? Kind of just anything. This is good to know. Anything digital marketing. Great. Yeah. Your Thank photos, you. videos, like any of that. If you just yeah. need like photos one day at a site. Perfect. Love it. And that's my hard sell for the okay. day. <laughs> so yeah, um, if you are in the area, how far will you venture to, to meet a customer? Well, I've, I've flown to Richmond, Virginia. To, okay. <laughs> to do so if you're anywhere <laughs> in America and you yeah, want I some really cool design. the United States. Yeah. But um, yeah, if you want some really cool design that gets past just the decorative part of it, hit Kate up, find the website, hit me up and I'll tell her and uh, we'll get it going. Um, Kate, thank you for coming on. Thank you, sir. You're welcome. This was a pleasure. Yeah. Podcasts are fun, right? Totally. Everyone gets so like stressed about the fact that your voice will be heard and even you like ask what the questions were. I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> I just didn't want it to be like sometimes when they do an ed- editorial, Yeah, it's such pinpointed questions that mm-hmm. I really want to have time to digest how I'm going to respond in terms of the process of design. And because I'm going to be honest, a lot of times they chop up what you say. And then if you haven't thought through it, it you sound a little bit like a junk show. <laughs> so I didn't want that to happen. But yeah. this is, I'm, I'm good with this. I'll yeah. come back. I'll be yeah. a repeat definitely. podcaster. Yeah. Awesome. You can definitely yeah. do that. Yeah. Um, yeah. This is, people don't want to hear me robotically ask you questions about design because I don't know anything about design. Right. But and they also don't want to hear you robotically answer questions no. about design. And I'm not here to like get you, I'm not here to get a headline. I'm going to post this entire file as is with my theme song in the front and the back and that's it. You might be the next Joe Rogan. Ooh. I don't say that. <laughs> <laughs> I cuz this model I I, I love took Joe Rogan. I do too. Uh, but I took the model from him, but it's just kind of like it'd be kind of like jinxing like like you don't say oh. you don't say like this guy's going to pitch a no hitter mm. when he's pitching a no hitter right not that i'm well, doing he's that well an but inspiration yeah and it's good to have an inspiration and we love you joe yeah um have you seen his ufo podcast yes <laughs> should yes we, should we should i should i come back and we can get into the yeah. ufo conversation we definitely Ooh, that can could be our next one please yes. i'd love that i haven't gotten We're to have like to get tony over here he yes. goes deep yes i it's n- why aren't we talking about this? The <laughs> Pentagon said... No, I there's... have to go have steaks. I have to go okay. have steaks. Okay. We're going to have to get We got to shut it down. This is we'll... next time. Yeah, this next, next podcast, time. we'll talk about aliens with yeah. Tony and Kate. Yeah. Um, Kate, thank you for coming on. Everybody, yeah. um, lately I've been giving a little like tip on how to stay busy during COVID. Um, it's often reading books. So everyone read a book, take your dog on a hike, go rescue a dog, um, and have a good week, everyone. Thank you. Have some yoga. Do some yoga, stretch out. Yeah. Thanks.